Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uptana, and today we'll be digging into intimate relationships and how we can mistake students or clients for partners. Partners come in all shapes and sizes, from spouses to fiancés, from high school or college sweethearts to a significant other of decades, from handfasted to co-parenting entrepreneurs and all the combinations in between. Partners are what we think of when we think of the perfect person to share our life. This would be the person who understands and supports us, loves us the way we deserve, builds a life with us where we can live happily ever after, and who wants to engage in the type of life we're striving for or tend to create. Sometimes what we look for is someone who can be our other half. We hope to find a person who's good at what we aren't, can help us where we struggle, and will like doing the things we would rather not. Other times, we're trying to find someone who is close to a twin. We need a buddy for the buddy cop movie, which is our life. Someone who sees the world the way we do, can validate our experiences, and thereby extends the boundaries of our life so there's more room to grow and create. But no matter what style we long for, most people agree the process for finding them, well, sucks. Dating, for most people, is a grueling process which can be detrimental to self-esteem, let alone our opinion concerning the goodness of humanity. No matter how we go about it, whether we're meeting people through work, in our spiritual or religious community, via dating apps, meetup groups, hobbies, or blind dates, the process is like being interviewed for a new job, only it's a version of our very personal self, which is being judged. Then, beyond this first hurdle, there's the quote-unquote 90-day probationary period, which means going out with each other to see if it works. This can go on for only a few dates, a number of weeks, several months, or a couple of years. There's no set time frame for figuring things out, even if there should be. Some people just know. Others need time to admit they know. And still others will need more time to act on this knowing, since taking action will make it real and mean starting over. Often, we're more attached to the process of being a couple than we are to the person we're coupling with for any number of reasons, so breaking up becomes as bad as the thought of dating again. As if all of this weren't difficult enough, being in a relationship is in itself an amazing, vulnerable, humbling, rewarding thing, which can fulfill or devastate us depending on who we connect with and how we're able to relate or not, as the case may be. Too often, our childhoods and experience as young adults has taught us to be cautious about letting people in. Whether from dysfunctional family dynamics, traumatic events, or run-ins with narcissists and those out for their own gain, we have learned to wear armor, use hypervigilance to scan for problems and intent, and to keep our vulnerable bits well protected from outside influences. This isn't a bad thing in general. The idea is to use our skills and abilities to create safe space in which to live and manifest a beautiful, 
bountiful, healthily, spiritually aligned life where we have a modicum of control. Therefore, we can nurture ourselves while locating the person best suited to us and our life. Once we've found the person, we can invite them in to join us, or we can be invited to merge our lives with theirs, thereby creating something even better. Unfortunately, somewhat like cooking, there are times when the combination of ingredients should create something delectable, but what we end up with is a hot mess. Whether we're getting out there to try and find the right person, or working our spiritual path in order to manifest our soulmate, or both, it's not uncommon for things to go in directions we never intended and which don't work out for anyone's best or highest good. The two most common issues are when one person takes on an informal role as a teacher, then enters into a relationship with the student or when a healer or manifester becomes interconnected with someone who is really a client. A teacher-student relationship starts with a foundation of one partner being more knowledgeable or an expert in the life being created, while the other partner is desiring to learn or grow into that life. This is rarely a formal situation, although those do happen. Usually, this is a casual thing, which forms right along with the relationship. It happens a lot in the spiritual community where one partner is fully engaged in a practice or path and the other has never come into contact with it or just started to realize what a spiritual life can be like. Finding someone who shares your passion, wants to learn, is growing into a healthier version of themselves and is willing to listen to something which is the essence of who you are is exciting, attractive, and downright sexy. It's amazing to find someone who fits in so well. And it's safe, right up until it's not. The person in the teacher role is able to set boundaries, expectations, goals, and direction for their life, and their student will, of course, be willing to follow. Like all students, they don't know what they don't know. Begin as sponges who are open to new experiences and are trusting of the teacher. This allows the teacher a level of control, which can be healthy or toxic, depending on their nature. However, a student will eventually learn enough, become enough, grow enough in themselves and their path to learn to recognize their own needs. These may be in alignment with, slightly different from, or often wildly different than the teachers. Unfortunately, In a teacher-student relationship, there is very little room for the student to change their role, take on agency or authority concerning the path, or even speak their truth. In fact, a student standing up to speak their truth after weeks, months, years of not having done so can seem like rebellion. It can seem as if they've become a completely different person or even a traitor, for better or worse. This creates a common dynamic of the relationships just not working out on the one hand or imploding on the other, and both parties are left with hurt, recriminations, and the questions of what went wrong and what they're meant to learn from it all. Relationships between a healer or manifester and their clients can seem similar to teacher-students, but are even more transactional. Each and every one of us is a social animal who has an innate need to be seen, desired, needed, and included. It feels good to know we're the one who has made another happy, fulfilled a need, created goodness in their life, or 
is there special and only one? It's even better when this is someone we desire in return, who we love and appreciate, who we connect with deeply and makes us feel complete. Along with this is the truth that in life, we all need help once in a while. If we are most beautiful in the broken bits, as the saying goes, then we also feel the most loved when we are cared for in our brokenness. Love and relationship is one way in which we make the most beautiful art out of the broken pieces, helping each other through our difficulties and struggles, even if they're just about carrying the groceries in and the garbage out. However, healers and manifestors find they relate best to people who need just that little bit, or quite a lot, of extra help in order to find and stay on their path. Part of their sense of self and of self-worth is in helping others, which they usually do in various, if not all, aspects of their lives. This leads them to feel a deep attraction to those who share similar experiences and outlook, but are also in need of help one way or another. On the other hand, this allows the healer or manifester to be seen, their essential nature to be validated and to feel their purpose in life is being fulfilled. On the other other hand, like a teacher-student relationship, it's a controllable and safe relationship to be in right up until it's not. Someone who needs help, who can't quite do things on their own or who struggles in one fashion or another, will desire to fit themselves into the life a healer or manifester has created. However, the healer or manifester's life is built on two underlying and usually unspoken assumptions. One, the person in need of help will eventually get better. And two, this person will reward the healer for the work they've done in one way or another, as all clients should. I call this style of relationship transactional. In essence, the healer or manifester, for one reason or another, feels they need to earn the love and connection with the other through what they do. They therefore help the other sometimes until they are worn so thin they can barely function any longer, in the hopes that one day they'll be told it's enough, whereupon they can stop and begin receiving the life and love they deserve. Unfortunately, this rarely, if ever, happens. As the relationship is based on helping and helped, the helped who is in actuality a client rather than a partner, either is not able or chooses not to move into a more healthy and capable way of being. In fact, they may even tilt things further towards themselves, becoming a tyrant in the relationship and using their needs as a means of taking control. This type of situation can quite quickly become abusive, as is often seen amongst those struggling with alcohol and drugs, hence the existence of Al-Anon. In both these categories of relationships, teacher-student and healer-manifester with client, the common theme is control through inequality. In order to be safe, one partner creates a relationship founded on earned authority. They are the one with the knowledge, wisdom, or expertise which they will give to the other. They have exactly what the other person needs to be whole and give it to them in order for them to be better and grow into their full and best selves. Often the intention, conscious or otherwise, is for this to be a temporary situation, 
where the other partner will grow into themselves, become healthy and an equal, allowing the need for teaching and helping and creating to end, and both to walk their path together like two well-matched horses pulling a cart full of overflowing abundance. However, the foundation of anything, relationship or otherwise, is, well, foundational. Once one is set, it doesn't change unless something radical happens. If a building has structural problems, it's possible to remove the entire building and start over. Or an earthquake or flood might come, or the land might just wash away entirely. Otherwise, when it comes to the foundation, you're pretty much stuck with what you've got, and the best you can do is build a structure based on, around, or despite it. So, can people change? Of course. It's the only constant in the universe. But the change may mean they choose to engage in actively attempting never to change. In relationships, there are perpetual students who simply stay in the comfortable realm of being taught and so never challenge their partner. On the other hand, there are those who grow to surpass the teacher rather than forming into the partner which was expected. Clients can heal, but once they do, they don't need the healer anymore and move on. At the same time, there are clients who have no intention of healing and instead stay forever in the limbo of being helped, but not getting better. Partners are the most rewarding and the most challenging relationship to create, because a partner is by definition an equal. While they may at times need our help, while they will never know everything we do and so will learn from us, they're not in relationship with us because of a desire to be taught or a need to be healed. They require us to be vulnerable, speak our truth, and hold our boundaries while at the same time being open to them doing the same. They offer us the ability to create an interconnection like an infinity symbol, their authentic self feeding into challenging, and encouraging ours, which invites and instigates us to do the same for them. Partner relationships are founded on a basis of equality from the outset. They allow us to gently set aside our need to be safe and encourage us to see the connection as an adventure where both can grow, fail, unfold, withdraw, become, and grow wise in union and individually. This is not to say that a partnership is a perfect soulmate situation where no work needs to be done, no one gets their feelings hurt, no problems occur, and everything comes up roses. Far from it. No adventure is without a little danger and the occasional U-turn. However, a partner relationship founded on two equals choosing each other weaves these events into even stronger bonds, which are eventually nourishing, and allows each to flourish. So, rather than attempting to find someone who is your best and perfect partner for who you are right now, who is willing to look past all your defenses to see the real you, or who can fit themselves into the life you're living now in the hopes they can help you create something better later, I recommend setting your intention to manifest your fully equal partner. Someone who is just as willing and able as you to be fully themselves, who you can feel safe enough to remove the armor 
and who doesn't need you to fix them nor wants to fix you. From this foundation, almost anything and everything is possible. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be looking into how to move past the questions about what your path is or how best to walk it, and into manifesting it one step at a time. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to show it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.